It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile, an official San Francisco Giants podcast. In Season 1, we looked back at some of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Now, it's time to focus on the present and future. We'll cover memorable wins and the off-field moments, interests, and personalities of the 2021 Giants team and staff. Join us for Season 2 of Inside Giant Moments, now. As we mentioned in last week's episode, it must feel really good to perform at a high level in front of adoring fans. But before players can do that, they've got to get to the high level. It might be the most emotional and gratifying moment in the career of a big leaguer, the moment he is called up. We continue to go over some of those call-up stories with members of the Giants to hear about the big moment and what each player did next. First up with a call-up story, outfielder Austin Slater. Want to dive into your background a little bit. Originally drafted by the Dodgers in 2011, but you opt for Stanford instead. Was there even a thought of going pro at that time? Uh, you know, not really. Uh, my senior year, I ended up breaking my ankle and didn't play. Uh, I think I maybe played one game in high, in high school baseball. So, um, you know, it was more of just like a courtesy uh, draft. You know, that was back when the draft was uh, 45 rounds, I think. Um, so I, you know, I, I knew the, the local scout for the Dodgers pretty well. And, um, you know, it was, it was a courtesy thing from him, you know, to, to be able to call me and be like, Hey, uh, congratulations, you've been drafted. But, you know, uh, obviously it, it wasn't really a, an option for me with, uh, with the Stanford commitment and everything still, still out there. And then when you get to Stanford and, and you play for three years, what, what sort of connection at that time did you establish with the Bay area? Yeah, you know, I I fell in love with the Bay Area. Um, you know, Stanford was obviously um, it's a gorgeous campus, and you know, fell in love with the weather and and just like the people and, and you know the laid back atmosphere and uh, uh, you know, there's so much to do, so much uh, outdoor activities, things like that, uh, just around the area that you know uh, I really enjoyed, and you know, I try to get up to the city as much as I can um, and, and enjoy enjoy the perks of that as well. Uh, I should ask also, what brought you to Stanford? I mean, you're born in Florida. What what led to Stanford? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I grew up watching the College World Series, and and back in the early 2000s, Stanford was you know a mainstay, uh, and that's kind of kind of when you know it started to come onto my radar a little bit, and then, um, you know, uh, just with the reputation it had academically, and you know, with baseball, it was it was definitely a big draw for me. And uh, once the recruiting picked up, I remember getting a, you know, an email and, and looking back on it now, you know, it was one of those, it was a, like a mass recruiting email, but, you know, I, I was like, man, this is like a, uh, a real possibility. And so, uh, you know, luckily I was able to develop a little bit in high school and, and actually get on their radar. Um, and they invited me out and, uh, for a visit and, um, you know, it, it's all, uh, all went, went forward from there. 
So this was actually some sort of, I mean, obviously it's not a form email that goes to everybody, but, but you, at first were you thinking, man, Stanford's coming after me, and then now looking back on it, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was going out to yeah. a few more people yeah, than you, you realized? I think so, yeah. You know, you, you start to see how, how the sausage is made, and, you know, those, that's like a mass email sent out to 500, you know, 1,000 kids. Um, you know, they run one of the biggest uh, baseball camps on the on the West Coast, and so that was that was a big draw for them to try to try to get people to go to their camps. And um, but you know, I, you know, I followed up and responded, and, and luckily was able to get some positive feedback and um, you know turn it into a reality. Uh, I went to that camp, Austin, also, but I didn't um, okay. I didn't get any offers, as it turned out. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was when they were doing, uh, you know, uh, fly balls to center field, and I couldn't even get my glove up to the top of the fence. Uh, that was when they uh, – that's when they moved on. But uh, after being at Stanford for three years and then you get drafted by the Giants, what's your initial reaction there? Yeah, it, it was kind of a, a funny situation. Um, you know, we, we were in a super regional at the time, um, and we we were actually uh, the second day of the drafts around. I think it's rounds like two through ten. Um, we're kicking off like I want to say like thirty minutes before the game started, and then you know we played like a three and a half hour game. Um, and so when I got back on the bus, you know at that point, you know I I didn't really know it was if I'd gotten drafted or not. Um, you know I was I was hoping to go you know like you know middle rounds. Uh, you know, two through 10, somewhere in there. And, you know, I got back on the bus and hadn't gotten drafted yet. And I, I felt a little dejected. And and, um, and then, you know, like about five minutes later, um, you know, someone's like, congrats, congrats, Slate. And I was like, what? And I looked down <laughs> and I just, uh, and it was funny, you know, you go through like the pre-draft process and scouts come on campus and, you know, they interview you, try to, you know, gauge, you know, what type of person you are, your work ethic, all the, all these different things. They've seen you play. Uh, the Giants were the only team I didn't really talk to in the pre-draft process. Huh. Uh, they they had invited me up to Oracle, um, you know, to, to do some of it. Um, but we had, we had just played a regional in Indiana, flew back to Stanford for a day, and then flew back out to Vanderbilt, um, you know, the next day. So I wasn't able to, to go. Um uh, so I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I went out and played uh, summer summer collegiate baseball uh, after the draft, you know, because I, you know, I had no idea if I was going to sign. You know, we hadn't really talked numbers, and um, you know, John Barr was, um, you know, after me the the whole summer while I was I was playing, uh, coming talking to me, and and luckily I made the right choice and signed, and um, you know, was able to start my career off on the right foot. Uh, by the way, do you remember who it was that texted you? Congrats. Oh no! It was a guy in the back of the bus. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a teammate of mine. Yeah, it was a teammate of mine. He couldn't just yell across the bus. He had to text you. No, no, he yelled across the bus. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Uh, you moved your way through the minors pretty successfully. Your numbers were consistent and good at every stop. Uh, but I wonder about the mental side of it. Did you always feel like you were going to make it? Um, you know, I, I felt like I had the ability to, um, you know, um, that, that was never a doubt for me. It was, it was a matter of, you know, do, do I want to, you know, how is this going to progress? And it, 
is it going to be a five, seven years? Is it going to be a couple years? Uh, would I be willing to wait it out and, you know, grind it out? Uh, luckily, I was able to perform. Um, and, and, you know, the Giants responded by, by moving me pretty quickly. Uh, uh, you know, when a lot of organizations, you look around and, and guys have to spend whole years in one stop. So I was um, blessed to be here. And, you know, and they recognized that, hey, you, you proved you could play at this level. Let's move you to the next one and see if you can play there. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm very appreciative of, of our front office there at the time and, and just how they, they treated players and moved players around. You started 2017 in Sacramento, and at that point, of course, you're, you're one step away. What, what was your sort of mentality and your approach going into that season? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I felt like at the end of 16, I, I was right there on the verge. At You know, uh, I had a conversation with, with Bobby at the end of the year, uh, Bobby Evans, and, you know, he was like, uh, unfortunately, you know, we're not calling you up. We think you're good enough. Um, you know, we just we don't have to put you on the roster yet. You know, I don't know how familiar uh, some of the listeners are, but um, with like the Rule Five uh, rules and all that, so they they needed a, a roster spot for for a center fielder. So they ended up calling calling up Gorky's, but but he did let me know like, hey, you're really close. You were in the conversation uh, to being called up this year. Um, you know, just didn't work out that way. Uh, but you'll be in camp. And so, you know, 17 was the first year that uh, I went to big league camp and I was able to, uh, you know, see kind of how that all worked and, uh, you know, try to make an impression on the staff. So, you know, I felt like I was right there, but I still felt like, you know, I had a lot to prove and um, I wasn't, you know, um, sad or mad about any, any of that. I, it just, it just added a little extra motivation. Like, Hey, you're right there. Uh, don't let off the pedal. And then it was two and a half months later you were there, June 2nd, 2017. What do, what do you remember about the call? Yeah, uh, so we were we were actually uh, – we were in Sacramento. We were uh, about to fly to Albuquerque. We had like a 6 a.m. bus or something like that. Like it was early. Um, and, and I remember our AAA manager was uh, – like I went into the clubhouse to like pack a couple extra things and – managers just asked me all these questions like uh, you pay your rent yet here in Sacramento and you know how much is rent and, and all these things and you know how much do you think rent is in San Francisco and and like at this point I'm so tired and I'm like we had a night game the, the night before and I'm just like come on Brundy like just let me be like let me just get on the bus and, and go to sleep here uh, and and so he's like he's like following me around and I'm just clueless and I'm, like, trying to get on the bus. I, like, walk up the first couple steps, and he's like, Slate, turn around, dude. You're going to San Francisco. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> like, I just, like, kind of, like, completely surprised. It's early in the morning. Um, so that, that was that. was that. And then, obviously, my first call was to my mom and mom and dad and, um, you know, uh, Asian, a couple close friends, things like that. And, uh, luckily, it was an off day in San Francisco, and uh, I was able to drive up and meet the team. And then uh, we were flying uh, that day to Philly, so uh, was able to hop on the team jet and, and get like the first first big league experience there with the private jet uh, charter straight to Philly instead of Southwest uh, middle seat. Uh, so that was. That was- welcome to the big leagues exactly that'll wake you up by the way it doesn't matter what time of morning when someone says hey by the way you're going to the bigs yeah 
that was, you know, a uh, moment I'll never forget, that's for sure. How was the call with mom and dad? Uh, you know, my parents were ecstatic. There were some tears, and you know, um, obviously, like, it's a, it's a huge moment for, you know, the player, and, and for me personally it was, but, you know, it's it's just as big of a moment for your parents. You know, they've, they've been there every step of the way, supporting you through Little League, travel ball, call it, you know, like, there's there's so much that goes into it uh, and and so many sacrifices uh, that, you know, that come from them, and, and they were just so supportive the whole way. Um, you know, and it, it's a moment of, moment of uh, you know, complete joy from them, too. Uh, so I, I was glad to be able to share that with them. That first game in Philly, you start, you get your first hit in the sixth inning. Take us through that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I I forget the pitcher the pitcher's name. I just remember uh, it was a left-handed sinker baller, and uh, Craw and Buster were on base, and I was there on second and third, and I was able to hit a ground ball up the middle, got a couple RBIs, and got the first hit out of the way, and you know that just kind of relieved all the stress. Uh, you know, your heart's just pounding. You know, that whole first game, and um, and then once once the hit got through, uh, it. It, it all kind of slowed back down, and uh, it's like, all right, we can just we can just play now, you know. Um, I wonder what the the mental grind is like, which obviously for you it only lasted six innings, but there's got to be that that next level pressure. Like you you've got this big emotional reaction and outpouring that takes place for 24 hours, and then it's like, okay, you're here, and and you need to do well. So how do you sort of bottle that up and, and keep yourself from getting overwhelmed by, by what you need to do next? Yeah, you know, I, I think everyone's different. Uh, you know, my, my mindset at the time was, was more, like, thankful and happy to be there, not really, like, nervous or, um, you know, um, adding pressure to myself to perform. You know, I, I felt like I could play there and, and – that was never something that crossed my mind that, you know, I didn't belong. So uh, for me, it was, you know, after that first hit, uh, it kind of just slowed down. I was like, all right, you know, it's just another baseball game. Um, the only difference is, you know, there's 30, 40,000 people in the stands, but uh, you know, uh, you know, the minors is, is competitive now and triple A, especially you get to a point where you feel like if you can dominate that league, you can play in the big leagues. By the way, I'm looking at the pitchers right now. It was either Jolie Rodriguez or Luis Garcia. They're the ones who threw the sixth inning that night. Do you remember which? I believe it was Luis Garcia. Okay, there but you I, go. I wrong there. Yeah, yeah, and you guys blew them out, ten to nothing, right? Yeah, it was. It was actually a, a really fun game to be a part of. Uh, right. You know, it, was, <laughs> it ended up being kind of a rough season overall, uh, you know, from a team perspective, but. Um, that was that was a nice little highlight game. Although speaking of the rest of the season, it wasn't just a call up. You you, you stayed, and, and and I wonder what did that mean to you to to not get shipped back down. You know, it, it felt great. They did they did mention like, hey, like uh, you're up for the long haul. I, you know, at that point, um, you know, we we were 20 games down from the Dodgers. You know, at the beginning of June, um, so. They they did let 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 it be known that hey like we're giving you a little little bit of a leash here, um, so I guess that did take some pressure off. But you know, I, luckily I was able to hit the ground running. I had a great first month, um, but then just just ran into the injury bug, um, 
you know, Boach, Boach loved playing the hot hand, and, you know, I, I had a great first month, and I, I don't think I had an off day for uh, a month and a half. I ended up uh, tweaking my groin, and, and then it just got worse, and then it eventually, you know, tore off the bone. So, uh, you know, I, that was unfortunate, but, you know, I, I felt like that was a good snapshot for me to, to prove that, you know, I, I could play up there. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our sponsor, T-Mobile, one of our favorite partners because of how relevant they are to Giants fans. Because you're never far from McCovey Cove when you've got America's largest and fastest 5G network. In other words, T-Mobile is your ticket to the game, whether you're home or away. The Giants are big league. Why don't you come on up and join them? Switch to T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Fastest 5G by Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G Experience Report January 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. Reliever Caleb Berger is next up, having made his big league debut just last year. He was somewhat of a surprise addition to the roster, and once he arrived... He never left. Let's hear a little bit about you, and and be honest with me. What do you like better, pitching or tweeting about football? Uh, definitely pitching. Pitching. I just get bored in the off seasons, man. Like I get so bored on Sundays and Saturdays, and there's nothing else to do. Uh, you're clearly a football fan, though. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right, and where did this fandom come from? Uh, probably just growing up. Um, I would say just growing up watching football every Saturday with my friends and family. And it just kind of grew into, grew into me as I went to college, like watching more and then pro ball, like everybody watches, watches sports together all the time. And so it just kind of grown from when I was a kid. Yeah. You, and you're a Midwest guy, right? I mean, it's kind of baked into the DNA Correct, there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Where, where exactly did you grow up? Uh, Jenison, Michigan. It's about, 15 minutes west to Grand Rapids. It's like in between Grand Rapids and the Lakeshore. So then when you when you describe the fandom, like what was it college, was it pro, what are the teams? I mean, I saw you tweeting about Brady and Gronk. Are, are, aren't you supposed to be a Lions fan? How, how does this all work? Well, it's great for NFL because I can like whoever I want in the NFL because the Lions are always so bad. So there's no expectations for anyone to really be a fan of them. <laughs> which has been great. Um, I actually grew up a Michigan football fan coming up, and then I went to Indiana, and then Harbaugh kind of came in, and I just didn't – I honestly didn't like the direction the Michigan Wolverines team was going, so I kind of I kind of jumped ship, and I'm kind of waiting for them to figure it out if I ever jump back or not. But my dad and brother have always been, like, lifelong Ohio State fans. So growing up, that was pretty tough for me. But, like, the more I watch Ohio State play, the more I'm like, oh, maybe I could be a fan of this team. They're pretty good. They're fun to watch. Um, But Indiana's got a good team, too. So it was really cool being able to watch the Hoosiers this year and watch them have some success for really the first time um, since I've been in college. I'm always fascinated by the households that have fans of of two sides of a rival all under the same roof and, and, and how people don't end up killing each other. How'd you do it? I think we just understand that it's just football at the end of the day. You know, it's nothing more than that. Um, it is, it's a fun rivalry. You know, it's kind of fun. Uh, obviously, some Saturdays in November were a little more tense than others. But at the end of the day, we knew it was just a game. So it was, it, it was fine. And then what's the background story on you finding the game of baseball? 
Um, I just started playing when I was young, playing Little League. Um, I actually give my parents a hard time about it because they sent me to my first Little League practice in jeans instead of baseball <laughs> pants because they didn't know any better. I was I was their first child, so they didn't really know. Um, so there's nine-year-old me running around uh, Coach Pitchfield in jeans, I guess. But <laughs> that's pretty much how it started, man. Um, and then it just kind of took off from there. And I figured I figured out pretty quickly that I that I was a good pitcher and I was left-handed, so everybody gave me the opportunity to pitch. Uh, um, and, and yeah, if yeah. you're wearing jeans, you have no choice but to be a pitcher because you can't move around very well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, you know, it, it's, uh, it's interesting to always hear, you know, how people found the game. And then, as you said, you, you could pitch, you're left-handed, that's going to open eyes. But was there a moment when you, you sort of even opened your own eyes and went, okay, wait a minute, this is, I'm not just kind of good at baseball. This, this is, there's something special going on here. Uh, yeah, I would probably say my second year of junior college, um, coming back from the summer, I started working out a lot, and all of a sudden I got back to to Jackson, and we had like a scrimmage that day, and I struck out everybody, and I was throwing really hard, and I was like, huh, that's weird. Like, I've never been able to do this before. I've always thrown like 82, 84, just, just your normal thumber lefty in JUCO, like trying to get people out. My Honestly, like my goal was just to get my schooling paid for. I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and then that day was like the first day I hit 90. And then one of my coaches was like, Hey, you like kind of have a chance to do something here. Like how serious are you? And I was like, pretty serious, I guess, you know, let's <laughs> see how far I can run with it. Um, and then it just kind of took off from there. So you were able to abandon the idea of being a doctor pretty quick, I guess. Well, I didn't really abandon it. Like I took, I took pre-med courses at Indiana and I, I like got all my prereqs done for med school and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I was, I was much, I would much rather play baseball than have to go back to school to be a doctor. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, is it still potentially in the cards post-career? Um, it, I mean, if I play long enough, absolutely not. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if I don't, then sure. <laughs> what kind of doctor did you want to be? I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. That's what that's what I was kind of like planning out for myself. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to be a vet because I also see on your social media that you call yourself Dog Dad. Uh, no, I don't think I have the heart for that. That'd be too hard for me to be a vet. Honestly, right. I have such a soft spot for animals. Like I, I just don't think I could do that for sure. Let's hear about your dog. Uh, I got a five-year-old German Shepherd who is basically my parents' dog now since I'm never home. <laughs> so right. they've kind of they've kind of taken over this, the responsibilities for that. But yeah, I got her in college, which was probably a really dumb idea. But you know, as a college student, you don't think <laughs> most things through, right? So that yeah, that was kind of the story of that. And then um, yeah, she basically turned into my parents' dog and. And they kind of have her now, and then I'll see her in the off seasons and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's kind of been bittersweet. But at least my parents have a pretty big yard, and my parents have my brother's dog as well, who she's pretty close with. So they get to run around. And my parents like having them there. It allows it lets them get out and take them on walks, and kind of keeps them active too. So it's it's nice now that they're empty nesters that they have something else to take care of other than me and my brother. So it's kind of cool for them too. 
I had a roommate in college who tried to uh, rescue a dog and, and, and bring to our house, and, and it very quickly was evidence. <laughs> like, what the hell were we doing? Because we're gone all day, and, and we're college yeah. students, and the dog within, within a week was, was tearing up the, the entire house. Did you have a similar experience? No, mine's actually been pretty well behaved, thankfully. Um, so that's a positive, but just the amount of time that dogs actually need and the amount of time I wasn't really able to give her was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a great situation. Like, don't get me wrong. I love her, but I just was very irresponsible at the time. Yeah. Like I could barely take care of myself, let alone thinking I could take care of a 75 pound animal, you know? Uh, yes, I do. You I know very her. well. You know, it, it's interesting when you say uh, you just mentioned the timeline. I think it's uh, sometimes a, a healthy reminder for fans, too. Like when you said this dog is five years old and you got him when you you were in college. I mean, you, you're you still a, a a pretty young guy to have uh, had this. Uh, I mean, for, for you to be established this quickly in the big leagues when when you and maybe a lot of people didn't necessarily see it coming a few years ago, it's a pretty amazing story. Yeah, it's it's honestly been a wild ride the past the past two years, really, man. Like ever since 2019, I felt like my career finally took off. Like I had a really good year in 19, and then obviously last year with COVID was kind of all over the place, but it worked out really well for me. I ended up getting a full year technically in the big leagues, which was awesome. Um, and then just kind of be able to take that momentum I had from last year and run into this year, it's been great. It's been really, really great. Yeah, I want to dive into that a little bit more. Before I do, though, I, I saw you recently say uh, that, that you believe you could win on Survivor, and, and I want to hear what makes you think that. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty determined, I would say, like, pretty much my whole life, if I put my mind to something, i probably get it done. Like, it would suck. Don't get me wrong. Like, it would probably be a miserable experience, but I feel like I could find a way. Like, there's, I could find a way to win that show for sure. I'm athletic enough. I could do well enough in the challenges. But my, I think my biggest issue would be, like, not creating a target on my back too soon. You know, you see a lot of those athletic guys get booted out as soon as the merge happens and they lose one. So I probably would have to sandbag it for a little bit and then turn it on at the end. <laughs> see, I love that you've got it all planned out. Well, and here, here's why I ask. I wonder if – if climbing the ladder through the minor leagues sometimes kind of feels like a game of survivor. What, what was your experience? Man, mine, I had kind of a wild experience. Um, do you want to start from the beginning or where do you want to start from? You, you start with wherever you feel like, uh, you know, what, whatever comes to mind first. Okay. We can just start from the beginning. and I'll just kind of go through everything. Yeah. Um, my first year I was drafted in the 16. Uh, pitched in the AZL the whole year, had like a relatively good year in the AZL. I don't know how much they really took into that because I threw about 90 innings in college and then 55 innings in the AZL. So it was by far the most that I'd ever thrown. Um, then I went to Instructs and threw like two innings there before they shut me down that year. We had like everybody get shut down from my draft class that were pitchers. Uh, me, Maz, a couple other guys coming up. Um, and then seven – was it? 17 yeah 17 I went to Augusta and I was there kind of the whole year and that was kind of like the start of my my like rough rough patch in the minors I would say 17 and 18 for me were pretty pretty tough both mentally and on the field um for sure you know I had such a good year in 16 
in pro ball. And then I went to, I went to San Jose for the playoffs or whatever in 16. And then I kind of expected that I was going to go back to San Jose um, and just kind of miss Augusta. Cause I was like, Oh, I, I went and pitched in the playoffs. Like I don't need to go back. Just naive, young minor league guy who doesn't really understand how anything works. Clearly. Um, <laughs> Went to went to Augusta and kind of kind of struggled. They were trying to get me to get ground balls, and they were telling me to throw the ball down in the zone, and it just wasn't working. Uh, to the point where I think halfway through the season, I was throwing sidearm just to try to get some like sinking action on my fastball. And it was it was okay. I was just really inconsistent because I'd never thrown from there before. Um, and the year went by like I, I I had an okay year. It wasn't great. It was just really up and down. Um. Coming into 18, was kind of hoping hoping I would go to San Jose and then extended spring training, which was wild. Like, I, I didn't really see that coming at all. I just I guess there wasn't really a spot for me um, anywhere. And then two days into extended, I went to – I went up to San Jose for a spot start, pitched like five innings, and as soon as the game's over, they told me I was going back to extended. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I just packed up all my stuff. I guess I'm going back. Um, and then about a month went by and I went to, they told me I was going to triple A pitch in the bullpen. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to be the guy who runs around everywhere. I kind of was contemplating like what was going on in my career at that time. Went to Sacramento pitched, pitched decent, I guess. Um, and then they actually sent me from Sacramento to San Jose. So I was like, okay, like at least I'll stay here in San Jose for a while. And then I was there for about two weeks before they told me I was going to, I was getting sent to Augusta so I could start because that, that time in San Jose was like the, really the only time in the minor leagues I pitched out of the bullpen. Um, so I went back to, back to Augusta for the rest of the year. And I actually just talked to David Bell the other day. I remember having a conversation with him being like, Hey man, am I like, what am I doing here? Am I just the Aaron boy for, or do you actually think there's something here? Am I just wasting my time? You know, after pitching well in San Jose and then getting sent down, I just really couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, and then towards the end of the year in 18, I, I kind of figured it out a little bit. Um, and then season was over, and my I was engaged at the time, and my uh, fiance at the time actually broke it off with me. She didn't really see baseball going anywhere. It was basically like, I'm just not, I'm not going to be here, not going to do it with you. So that was pretty tough for me. I would say that was probably like the lowest point of my career, but it was pretty, it's pretty interesting because 19 seemed to be the best year that I had um, of minor league ball. So I almost wonder if part of that was just the wrong people in my life, you know, not, not getting the right support. Um, And then 19, I, I had a really good attitude coming into spring. I was just, I was like, wherever they put me. I feel good. Like I'll be able to get where I need to go. I went to, uh, I went to San Jose to be like a, a six starter kind of thing. Um, and we ended up having somebody, somebody get hurt or something within the first week. And then I took over their, their spot in the rotation and I crushed it. I went up to Sacramento for a spot starting May, like May 1st or something pitched well, and then got back to, got back to San Jose and then I found out I was getting called up to double a and I wasn't really sure if it was a, a long-term thing or whatever. And I remember I got there cause they had a decent amount of injuries and I asked the pitching coach and he was like, Hey, we don't really know, but you got, you got at least two or three starts. So see what you can make of it. Um, and I pitched really well there. I actually made the all-star team after missing the first month of uh, the first month of games in double a. 
and then the rest kind of just just took over for the rest of the season. And then I I went well. I'm sure you know I went to AAA for the playoffs, and we ended up winning the whole thing there, which was awesome. And then last year, last year was the whole late invite to the second camp, didn't go to big league camp, and then I ended up making the team out of camp. So yeah. <laughs> that was kind of my whole minor league story. It was kind of it's kind of a wild ride, man. Like it's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of adversity, but it's definitely made me a stronger human and a, definitely a stronger baseball player because of it. Well, and you brought up the mental aspect, and and you just detailed a, a few benchmark moments where you thought. Maybe this was going to be it. This was an opportunity, and then it wasn't. Um, and I wonder, mm-hmm. on the mental side, how how did you learn to handle those situations? That's kind of been my whole life, man. Like, from a young age, you know, I got cut from a couple of baseball teams, like, growing up. You know, I wasn't really – I was never a, a big-name player in my area. I was always kind of overshadowed. Like, we had a lot of really good baseball players – uh, just in my high school conference alone, I think we had like three or four All-Americans just in my conference. Um, so I just, I always felt like I was kind of under the radar and kind of just had to keep my head down and never really look for recognition other places and just kind of find everything within myself. And really it carried me through the minor leagues and kind of like a a very below average um, minor league prospect status, I would say. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I kind of just bet on myself a lot, and I knew that if I worked hard, I was going to get where I needed to go. It's kind of been how my life has always went. Like if I put the work in, I'm going to get there. And then you even just mentioned it, like the way you ended up making the team. I, I think maybe is it fair to say even caught you off guard a little bit. You, you don't get a big league <laughs> invite in yeah, the first 100%. spring trip. Right, right. I mean, spring 100%. training too, and the next thing you know, you you make the team and you're in the big leagues. It's almost like you just slipped and fell into it. That's exactly how it felt. I remember walking into the meeting, um, the exit meeting. I remember Bailey texted me like the day before we were supposed to uh, break camp, and he's like, "Hey, can you come meet in Cap's office?" I was like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." Like I'm assuming this is just my exit meeting. They'll tell me like, "Hey, you did good at camp. Like hopefully we'll see you here at some point this year." And they were like. You pitched really well. Congratulations, you're on the team. I remember thinking, I'm really happy I have a mask on right now because I probably look like an idiot with my jaw on the floor. I was, I was completely shocked. I had no idea. I mean, what what's going through your mind at that point, and what did you do next? I immediately went and called my parents. I went and called them and told them like I cried. They didn't cry, which I was actually kind of surprised about, but like I did for sure. Um, it just been a long road, you know, it had been a really long road and I went through a lot of stuff to get there and to finally get that, get that moment, you know, and it was, of course, it was completely different than anything I had ever expected, but I would say that was, that's pretty on course for, for my whole baseball life, for sure. Have you circled back with your parents and been like, why am I the one crying? Why didn't you cry? (laughs) I have not, but I should. I really should. I didn't expect anything out of my dad. He, he's pretty tight with his emotions, but my right. mom is my mom's pretty emotional. So I was kind of shocked that she didn't. But you know, it is what it is. Oh man, they were both uh, extremely happy, obviously. So I love it. I mean, it's it's a very unique story because so many finally get that call up in the middle of a year, do a spot start, something like that, for you to to have it just right out of a, a random second spring training situation. Uh, is is very unique. And then, uh, what do you remember about your your big league debut and and the first few weeks as a whole? Because you know there 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 were some struggles there. 
Yeah, so my I remember my debut, I was like super flat, no adrenaline. I remember being like, wow, it's really quiet here for Dodger Stadium. Like, I thought it would be a little bit louder, but there were no fans. Um, and I, honestly, I think it was I think it was great for me not to have anyone in the stands because it really allowed me to figure out that I can pitch against these players. Um, the, the biggest thing I learned really quick, I learned at the exhibition game actually against the A's, was like, I can't really care who's hitting because I know who all these guys are. Like, right. everybody knows who these players are. If I think about that I'm facing Matt Chapman, it's going to be a lot harder for me to get that guy out than if I just think this is just number whatever on the A's. Like, for me, that was the biggest thing. And I didn't – I learned it early, but I didn't learn it entirely. Um, I, I felt like I still struggled some games going up against certain guys and just kind of, like, overhyping them. Um, I felt like my first game I did a great job against the Dodgers. I was just like, I don't care who I'm facing today. Like, I'll just go out there and throw because the whole lineup was all-stars. I knew I knew I couldn't really think about it. Um, then when I pitched, Houston was probably, like, my toughest one. When I pitched against Houston, obviously everyone knows the Astros and everything that goes down with them. And, yeah. and all of a sudden I started giving them some hits. And, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, what the heck's going on here, man? Like, well, like what's going on? Um, but I ended up I ended up actually dealing with that pretty well. All things considered, I would say that was probably a turning point in my season. If you look at my numbers, you can definitely tell. Um, it was really good for me to struggle like that. And when I came into the dugout after not getting anybody out that second inning, after giving up four runs, like Cap came over to me and talked to me and kind of put some reassurance in my head that I wasn't going anywhere, which was huge at the time because with the way the bullpen works and the stories you hear is like guys kind of float up and down a lot. So I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going down right away after the game because I pitched so poorly or whatever. So for him to come over and talk to me and kind of give me some reassurance and then I, it was able to settle me down enough to where, when we got on the flight, like I immediately turned the video on. I was like, all right, I need to see what happened today. And I was just making bad pitches like that happens sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I was able to kind of just separate that and look into it and be like, all right, so if I, don't do that I should be fine and then the rest of the season my goal is just to kind of get back to get back to throwing the ball at the top of the zone and making sure I'm hitting spots and not just kind of blatant or blindly throwing it in there um and hoping for the best like actually go in there with an attack plan and once I once I kind of hammered that down it was it was much easier to pitch than just kind of guessing up there for sure yeah and and I wonder if you can go a little further into that just from a pitching standpoint when it started clicking what was it that that clicked I was just the confidence that if I throw my fastball where they tell me to throw my fastball, it's going to work. Like with the way the analytics are and the way my fastball plays, if I throw it in the top half of the zone, it's going to be really hard for guys to square it up just with the way it spins and, and the vertical break on it. Um, I'm just trusting that and trusting that what they're telling me is correct. And they're not like, they're not just telling me something. Cause this was really the first time that anyone had told me specifically why it works instead of just do it. And once I once I got that and kind of the science behind the bat paths of the way guys are swinging and the, like what my fastball does, it was a lot easier for me to visualize where the pitch needs to go, why it's going there, and what the results are going to be when I when I execute my pitches. And and that brings us to to where you are now. Like you you mentioned, your background is as a starter. There was the story this spring that they were considering stretching you out to do that. Is that still in the plans, and and where does that sit within your hopes? Um, down the road, I'd like to get back to it. 
I would, this year I'm pretty much right now just focusing on the bullpen. Like I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from the guys we got around us. Like Jake, I've been trying to pick his brain a lot. Um, he throws pretty similar to me. So right now I'm just kind of working on working on being the best bullpen guy that I can be. And if there's an opportunity to start within the next few years or whenever it may be, like I'm ready to jump at that. But for the time being, I'm I'm fully I'm fully committed to being a reliever. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share this episode with your friends and family. To make sure you never miss these exclusive conversations each week, subscribe and follow the Inside Giant Moments podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.